M-S-W Media. Hey everybody, it's AG and welcome to Refried Beans, where we play an episode of the Daily Beans podcast from the same week, either one, two, or three years ago, so we can see how far we've come. So please enjoy this episode from days gone by and note the date in the intro. Refried beans. I like refried beans. That's why I want to try fried beans, because maybe they're just as good and we're, we're wasting time. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, February 25th, 2022. Today, Biden and NATO impose additional sanctions on Russia as Putin initiates a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. We have additional insights into the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's reluctance to prosecute Donald Trump. The Don't Say Gay bill has passed the Florida House 69 to 47. Ivanka is in talks with the 1-6 committee to possibly provide testimony. A court has denied Sidney Powell's request to delay the sanctions against her. The three officers who assisted Derek Chauvin in the murder of George Floyd have been found guilty on federal civil rights charges. And Roger Stone has sued the January 6th committee to block a subpoena of his phone records. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hey, everybody. Just massive amounts of news today. But before we get into it, I want to take a minute to thank our patrons. I've just looked at our new patron subscribers. And thanks to you, I've been able to double the pay of a staffer while managing to stay off Spotify. And it's because of the incredible support you've given us. It's just $3 a month. And in return, you get ad-free feeds of this show and Muller She Wrote and the MSW Book Club, along with a ticket to my bi-weekly happy hour Zoom call where you can ask me questions. We just hang out. And of course, our weekly newsletter, which includes all my research notes and the sources that I cite throughout the week. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Later on today, I'm going to be joined by Rachel Vindeman to discuss the situation in Ukraine. Also, I am off next week, but not really. I will be bringing you quick headlines every day. And of course, I've been working on bringing you incredible interviews and content for next week as well. But don't worry, I'm getting tons of time off. I don't want you to think that I'm still putting in 10-hour days. I will not be. But thank you for your concern. I am definitely taking my own advice on taking care of my mental health. So we do have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, today the United States, along with allies and partners, is imposing severe and immediate economic sanctions on Russia in response to Putin's war of choice against Ukraine. That's coming out of the White House. Here is the list that Biden announced after meeting with the G7 on Thursday morning. That is the morning after Putin initiated a full-scale invasion into a sovereign democracy. First, severing the connection to the U.S. financial system for Russia's largest financial institution, Spurbank, including 25 subsidiaries by imposing correspondent and payable through account sanctions. So that's great, Spurbank. Full blocking sanctions on Russia's second largest financial institution, VTB Bank including 20 subsidiaries. That action will freeze any of VTB's assets touching the U.S. financial system and prohibit U.S. persons from dealing with them. That's very big. VTB holds nearly one-fifth of the overall Russian banking sector's assets, and one-third is held by Spurbank. Full blocking sanctions on three major Russian financial institutions, Bank Otkrite, Sovcom Bank, OJSC, and Novacom Bank, and 34 subsidiaries. And those sanctions freeze any of those institutions' assets touching the U.S. financial system and prevents any United States persons from dealing with them. 
new debt and equity restrictions on 13 of the most critical major Russian enterprises and entities, including restrictions on all transactions in provisions of financing for and other dealings in new debt of greater than 14 days maturity and new equity issued by 13 Russian state-owned enterprises, Spurbank, Alpha Bank, Credit Bank of Moscow, Gazprom Bank, Russian Agricultural Bank, Gazprom, Gazprom Neft, Transneft, Ross Telecom, Rus Hydro, Al Rosa, and Sovcomflot, and Russian Railways. So, in addition to that, full blocking sanctions on Russian elites and their family members, Sergei Ivanov and his son Sergei, Nikolai Petrushev and his son Andrei. This is uh, an oligarch, Igor Sechin, the one that, you know, uh, Carter Page said he never met with, and his son Ivan, Andrei Puchkov, Yuri Solviev, and two real estate companies he owns, Galina Ulitina and Alexander Vedyahikin. These actions include individuals who have enriched themselves at the expense of the Russian state and have elevated their family members into some of the highest positions of power in the country. They will also be blocking travel to the United States and cutting them off from U.S. financial systems and freezing all of their assets. Also, costs on Belarus for supporting a further invasion of Ukraine by sanctioning 24 Belarusian individuals and entities, including targeting Belarus's military and financial capabilities by sanctioning two significant Belarusian state-owned banks, nine defense firms, and seven regime-connected officials and elites. Next, sweeping restrictions on Russia's military to strike a blow to Putin's military and strategic ambitions. This includes measures against military end-users, including the Russian Ministry of Defense, exports of nearly all U.S. items and items produced in foreign countries using certain U.S. origin software, technology, or equipment, will be restricted to targeted military end-users. Russia-wide restrictions to choke off Russia's import of technological goods critical to a diversified economy and Putin's ability to project power. That includes Russia-wide denial of exports of sensitive technology, primarily targeting the Russian defense, aviation, and maritime sectors to cut off Russia's access to cutting-edge technology. And finally, historical multilateral cooperation that serves as a force multiplier in restricting more than $50 billion in key inputs to Russia, impacting far more than that in Russia's production. As a result of that multilateral coordination, we will provide an exemption for other countries that adopt equally stringent measures. Countries that adopt substantially similar export restrictions are exempted from the new U.S. licensing requirements for items produced in their countries. The European Union, Australia, Japan, Canada, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom have already communicated their plans for parallel actions. This unprecedented coordination significantly expands the scope of restrictions on Russia, and further engagement with allies and partners will continue to maximize the impact on Russia's military capabilities. In other news, Russian forces have seized control of Chernobyl in northern Ukraine, very close to Kyiv. This is the site of the world's worst nuclear disaster, and that's according to the agency that manages the area. Earlier Thursday, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky warned that Russian forces were attempting to wrestle control of the nuclear power plant. Quote, Russian occupation forces are trying to seize the Chernobyl power plant. Our defenders are sacrificing their lives so that the tragedy of 1986 will not be repeated. This is a declaration of war against the whole of Europe. The Ukrainian foreign ministry echoed the president's warning, raising the specter of another nuclear disaster in the city. Quote, in 1986, the world saw the biggest technological disaster in Chernobyl. If Russia continues the war, Chernobyl can happen again in 2022. And yet other news, we have more insight into why Dunn and Pomerantz might have resigned their posts in the Manhattan DA's office investigating Trump and the Trump org from the Washington Post. To Dunn and Pomerantz, the people familiar with the situation said, Bragg appeared not to be focused on the case. 
which centers on whether Trump and his businesses inflated the value of their assets to secure more favorable loans and insurance and tax rates. One person familiar with the situation said the new prosecutor took weeks to read memos that Dunn and Pomerantz had prepared and didn't meet with them for some time, even though the grand jury's term was set to expire in the spring. When they did meet, Bragg didn't seem keenly interested, said the person, who, like others, spoke on the condition of anonymity. Due to the inactivity, members of the grand jury were instructed to stay home on days when they were slated to serve. We are grateful for their service, said Bragg's spokeswoman about Dunn and Pomerantz, adding that the investigation into Trump and his business practices is still ongoing. The phone number for Alvin Bragg's office is 212-335-9000. And Ivanka Trump is considering appearing before the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol. That's according to a spokesperson for the former president's daughter and who, who spoke to CBS News on Wednesday. Last month, the committee asked Ivanka, sent her a nine-page letter, longest one I've seen, who served as an advisor to her father against the, the whole law about putting your family members in the White House, but whatever. They asked her to voluntarily speak. Ivanka Trump is in discussions with the committee to voluntarily appear for an interview. That's what the spokesperson told CBS. The news, which was first reported by The Times, comes just over a month after Benny Thompson sent that nine-page letter to Ivanka, requesting that she appear before the committee. He also included the little attachment reminding her of when they reminded them that they can't destroy or deface or hide or conceal presidential records. The letter said the committee believes that she was at the White House on January 6th and in the Oval Office when the president had a phone call with then-Vice President Mike Pence. The chairman wanted to ask her about this, as well as if she'd heard or was part of any other conversation about her dad's plan to obstruct or impede the counting of electoral votes. If Ivanka appears before the committee, she will be one of the former president's closest allies to do so. Since the committee was formed, it has sent over 80 subpoenas to former members of the Trump administration, as well as those involved in the January 6th rally. And from our friend Adam Klasfeld at Law and Crime, skewering attorney Sidney Powell and her peers for their inexplicable delay, a federal appeals court on Tuesday shot down the so-called Kraken lawyer's request to pause sanctions that could lead to disciplinary proceedings or disbarment. A three-member panel on the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals rejected a stay proposed by attorneys Powell, Roll, Johnson, Kleinhandler, Haller, Hagerstrom, all of whom are fighting for their law licenses after a district court judge referred to them to respective bars for possible disbarment. The court rejected a similar motion by their co-counsel, Gentilla, Stephanie Lynn Gentilla, in a separate order. As we know, U.S. District Judge Linda Parker found they committed an historic and profound abuse of the judicial process in an attempt to overturn President Joe Biden's victory in Michigan. Quote, it is one thing to take on the charge of vindicating rights associated with an allegedly fraudulent election. It's another to take on the charge of deceiving a federal court and the American people into believing that rights were infringed without regard to whether any laws or rights were in fact violated. And that is what happened here. That's what Judge Parker wrote in her 110-page order in August, which we covered in very great detail on cleanup on aisle 45. For Judge Parker, the litigation was never about fraud, instead about undermining the people's faith in our democracy and debasing the judicial process to do so. Parker also ordered the lawyers to take continuing legal education, CLEs, in the August ruling, ordering them to complete their courses by this coming Friday. And she tacked on $175,000 in financial penalties on December 3rd. Sidney Powell is currently under criminal investigation by the Department of Justice for her role in the coup. And Florida's House of Representatives has passed a bill Thursday that would prohibit classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in the state's primary schools. The legislation, 
titled the Parental Rights in Education Bill, but dubbed by critics as the Don't Say Gay Bill, will now head to the state's Republican-held Senate, where it's expected to pass. Ron DeSantis, who's running for re-election, is widely considered to be a potential 2024 presidential candidate, has signaled his support for the legislation is expected to sign it into law. Thursday's 69-47 to 47 vote comes after weeks of national outrage over the measure, which has grabbed the attention of international newspaper actors and, of course, the White House. In addition to the Don't Say Gay bill advancing in Florida, there are 15 bills under consideration in eight states that would limit speech about LGBTQ plus identities in classrooms. That's according to PEN America, a nonprofit group that advocates for free speech. And in less than two months this year, conservative state lawmakers have filed more than 170 anti-LGBTQ plus bills, already surpassing last year's 139 total. Most of this year's proposed anti-LGBTQ plus legislation, at least 92, target trans people specifically. And this is breaking. Just now, three former Minneapolis police officers have been found guilty of violating the civil rights of George Floyd, a black man whose death, murder, at the hands of police in 2020 spurred protests against systemic racism around the world. The former officers, Kung, Tao, and Lane, were charged with depriving Floyd of his civil rights while acting under government authority. Kung and Thao face an additional charge of not intervening to stop their fellow officer, Chauvin, from using excessive force. They all pled not guilty. Thao, Kung, and Lane each face up to life in prison, though such a severe punishment is unlikely. A state trial is scheduled for June against the men on charges of aiding and abetting murder and manslaughter. In closing arguments, prosecutors said the defendants had front row seats to Floyd's murder and chose to do nothing to help while Chauvin knelt on Floyd's neck for nine and a half minutes. And also just breaking, Roger Stone is the latest totally innocent person to sue the January 6th committee to block a subpoena of his phone records, which I'm sure don't include anything incriminating. He's actually claiming that his communications are irrelevant to January 6th and that the subpoena would sweep up privileged communications between Stone and clergy. It's a very religious man, Roger Stone. And of course, Stone and his lawyers. Good luck with that. By the way, I think, and I'm going to put beans on this, today, Friday, when you're listening to this, it's, it's Thursday as I record this, but I think Biden is going to nominate Katanji Brown-Jackson today to the Supreme Court. I'm just going to put some beans on that. All right, I will be right back to discuss the Russian invasion of Ukraine with Rachel Vindman. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Everybody, welcome back. I'm happy to be joined today by Rachel Vindman, Natsak hobbyist on Twitter and uh, the uh, the head of the Vindman household. <laughs> how are you today, Rachel? I am doing okay, Allison. How are you? I'm I'm good. Good as can be expected. It's a very mm-hmm. somber day um, for Ukrainians, for the world, for democracy, for global democracy. I agree. Mm-hmm. All the above. I mean, certainly some will feel it more than others, but... For all of us, I do think that, you know, overnight with that speech, with the movements and the actions of the Russian military, the world order has changed. And we need to need to look at that and re-examine a lot of things right now. Yeah, especially our own democracy, as mm-hmm. <laughs> that will impact the global democracy. And, you know, all the through lines since since 2016 for yeah. weakening NATO. This has been the plan mm-hmm. for quite some time coming. I wanted to ask you first, Biden, we just finished listening to President Biden give his uh, speech 
addressing the United States, but really addressing the world after his meeting with G7 leaders and his imposition of new sanctions further than the sanctions that had been initially imposed to mm-hmm. include VTB, which which is one of the largest banks and three other banks, freezing, completely freezing assets for Russians in the United States. And also they've expelled the number two diplomat in response to mm-hmm. Russia expelling the number two American diplomat and also additional oligarchs. Sure. Mm-hmm. being sanctioned without without a list of names but but here they come i think they have released it um i, I heard caitlin collins on cnn say they have released it but i i haven't seen it not that i would know who they are but um they are known um you know they, i think there's constantly a list and uh hopefully this is meaningful and it doesn't include putin himself they're still leaving some sanctions on mm-hmm. the table and we've known for a while now that this was going to be a piecemeal mm-hmm response to additional actions from from russia but what do you think about these sanctions today absent removing them from swift and really quickly swift is the society for worldwide interbank financial telecommunication it's a cooperative of financial institutions that has been around since 1973 it's headquartered in belgium it's overseen by the national bank of belgium with cooperation from other major central banks including the u.s federal reserve the bank of england and the European Central Bank. And during the question and answer session after the speech, Biden said that SWIFT is still on the table. However, there were European allies who were not ready to go down that road yet, particularly Italy and Germany. So totality of the sanctions today, what are your thoughts? I think they're a good place to start. I'm happy with with them. I mean, I, I actually like that there's still room for movement. I would have liked to have seen SWIFT today. Or the start, because it'll be why it'll take it'll take a little bit to implement SWIFT. Because I think that the benefit of having SWIFT means that it will limit the ability for the oligarchs to move money between accounts. Because if you change money, if you send like a wire transfer to a bank anywhere overseas, you have to use the SWIFT code. Um, you can't do it without SWIFT code. So it would, if they have banks in Switzerland and Caymans, and I mean, I um, where's the other Cyprus? And there's probably many Virgin many Islands. Yeah, yeah, right. So I don't, I don't, I don't have any of those accounts. So I'm not really really well versed. <laughs> I read about them in spy novels. So anyway, so it would make it more difficult. But look, these sanctions have bite. I mean, honestly, the the one before had bite too. Like the, the I mean, what that was announced on was it Monday? I'm sorry, it's been quite a week. Uh, but they we're not playing around. I do think it's good that there is still movement. I think that's quite important, knowing what I know kind of about the Russian psyche and this sort of Eastern mindset. I, I think it, it is good that there's movement. And I definitely got the impression from President Biden's comments that we're pretty much on board with it, but you know, not everyone is. And I think it's been publicly said that the UK is as well. That's how it works in a coalition, and we're not the only one members, but we are standing strong in so many areas, and I think Putin has to be quite surprised at our resolve, at our unity, and because he thought, I think, based on the uh, the disunity in the United States, that we would not, President Biden wouldn't be willing to go as far as he did but um, we see him he is you know marshalling the 
forces of the free world and he is the de facto leader of the free world right now and it's i am so sorry that i'm seeing this um that this is happening i'm so grateful though that our allies trust us again that's a wonderful thing yeah we were able to rebuild and strengthen and help rebuild nato quite quickly from the destruction that was caused by the last administration (laughs) And um, I think Putin is also quite surprised. I'm not an expert, but I think he might be surprised at our intelligence community mm-hmm. calling him out at every step of yep. the way mm-hmm. that was and announcing his plans at every step of the way. And while it, none of it would have stopped the, the invasion, mm-hmm. it certainly takes away any of the pretext and reasons that, that Putin was banking on to gain support from particularly, especially Russians who are now out in the streets protesting. In the thousands, thousands and thousands mm-hmm. uh, in Moscow and 50 cities around Russia, there have been 800 arrests in Moscow and 1,500 arrests around the country. These are very, very brave protesters out in yeah. the streets against this war. What are your thoughts on the Russian people's response? Well, first off, I want to say that, you know, Russian state TV that, you know, incidentally has been playing clips of Tucker Carlson, Mike Pompeo. Donald Trump lauding Vladimir Putin, and they have been doing this with regularity for you know for several months as the build up to this. But I think in Russia, I know this, um, just like in the United States. So there's just not a lot of so there's people maybe my age and who still watch news, like you know state news. The younger people don't, just like the younger people here. I mean, they just don't sit around watching like Fox News or you know CNN or, or whatever, any kind of news. They they get they consume their news online. So I think there's sort of this genuine like, what's going on? Because they're, they're certainly like giving them this propaganda, and they're trying to get the propaganda on social media. And it's not really it's not social media. I mean, again, they're not also on Facebook. Okay. I mean, they're trying to get it in their way, but it's a lot harder to crack that code and to get in there and to really, unless the people want to see it, then, you know, it's difficult. So I think the protest and I watch some of the protests and the people typically look, you know, younger than me. And I think that is just, you know, a product of our times. And I think that's probably very surprising to Vladimir Putin uh, because I don't think he quite gets that. I mean, he's a very insulated man in his seventies and he's been in power for a long time. And this is just the nature. This is like the way things go. I mean, you know, you can read any book, a, a true story or a fiction story about the mob, you know, people go on and they're okay, but then after a while they fall. And why do they fall? Because they, they have surrounded themselves in such a cocoon that they cannot see the truth or the danger, you know, and they just really kind of start believing their own hype. So I think that he is underestimating and probably underestimated what the Russian people, uh, what their reaction would be. And uh, I mean, you know, we have a lot of research polls that say, you know, most, most Russians are very against this. And I think that's at all ages. It's just the people who are older are less likely to protest, but the young people, they understand this. And, and, you know, they're certainly cracking down. That's absolutely going to happen, but I am proud of them. And I just think it's even more poignant after Zelensky in his speech yesterday, and he called on regular Russians who have not lost their soul to go out and protest. And they did. 
they did it even after knowing what the consequences would be. And I find that incredibly brave and just so, so inspiring. Um, Because we, you know, Allison, so much of what we're going through is, I think Alex said this yesterday in one of his interviews, and um, I said it. I said it earlier in the day. Like victims of our own success, we don't. We have it so easy that we don't understand actual hardship. So we're like make junk up to, you know, to be upset about. And uh, you know, I was just driving and I saw this car with like this this big truck with a thing on the back. This support blue collar workers. I'm like, is anyone not supporting blue collar workers? Like. Okay, what does this even mean? And and I thought like you feel like a victim, but why? I mean, what you know? So so I feel you know we're just in this place where people have not had to sacrifice for an extremely long time. Look at the president in his speech; he had to absolutely say like we're going to buy more freedom and it's going to be hard, but I'm going to do everything I can so you don't have to pay more money. And I know people are hurting, and I know it's truly a financial issue, but I can guarantee you, my grandparents during World War II didn't care if it cost them money. They were doing, willing to do whatever it took to fight for freedom. And I hope that we can withstand this, that the Western Europe can withstand it so that the Russians and the Ukrainians can see that we're willing to bear some of this with them to fight with them. Even though we're not fighting, we're not going to have troops on the ground in Ukraine, but in the ways that we can, that we're willing to sacrifice as well, which is, just a small measure of what they're going to be sacrificing. Yeah, and I think that's personified in Ducey from Fox News, who immediately gets up and says, "What about gas prices?" Oh my gosh! And and you said, did, did did you 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 said that he was a worthy adversary? Did you underestimate him? It's like you just contradicted yourself. I don't understand that guy. Dumbass. He is, yes, dumbass. That that's kind. <laughs> Thank you. Now. I also think that Putin is overestimating the loyalty of people close to him. Yep. He's been isolating himself from most of the leadership in Duma and and mm-hmm. and his his prime ministers, et cetera, his cabinet, the equivalent. Big table. Yep. And also, there's already been cracks in the oligarchs. Mm-hmm. And I think that these sanctions aren't going to sit well with a lot of them. We'll see what, what happens, because if they turn on uh, this single man that could be very bad for him and i'm also concerned for volodymyr zelensky when knowing what happened with tomashenko and yanukovych yeah. i'm very concerned and, and navalny who you know ran against mm-hmm. putin in russia what he does to his political enemies and and you know they've they're trying to capture chernobyl and you know biden said ceded that the end game here is expansion taking over the country building a land bridge you know over to his base in in a in an adjoining country through poland and i'm very concerned about the government in ukraine zelensky uh, etc and i think we'll see how that plays out and biden even said you know we'll see how these sanctions go over the next month or so and then we'll think about where we're at but he 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 was very clear in that these bank sanctions could and possibly are more damaging than removing or expelling Russia from SWIFT. So well Yeah, I, 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 I do we're agree. We're in a waiting game now. I think I think the bank the banking is is going to be just as painful as SWIFT. Uh it's SWIFT is kind of a a morale type target. I mean, you know, it's something they're gonna have to get around and it's gonna be like complicated and difficult. But this really packs the the bank sanctions really pack a punch and 
they will have an immediate effect. And you know, the truth is the Russian economy is tanking the, the ruble, uh, is the tanking. ruble, you know, the value of the Grivna, the Ukrainian uh, currency has also tanked. So the countries are entering this war and the people are the ones that are going to feel it, you know, most intently, but the oligarchs who have more than any person could ever, ever want or need are not going to be happy with, they're going to be so limited in where they can go and what they can do. Even though it's the largest country in the world, I wouldn't want to be stuck there all the time. And they're used to having such freedom and, you know, freedom of movement and to visit other countries and their other properties. And I think they're definitely going to feel a squeeze. And and I think, and I, I tweeted this, I mean, don't listen to me for sanctions advice. And I don't want anyone to call me uh, for what we should do. And I'm not saying this, but I think when you start seizing their property, seizing their bank accounts, which we've done, I mean, that was one of the things they did. When you start sending home their children from elite colleges and universities and boarding schools, that's really going to wake them up. That's really going to be something. Um, you know, there are lots of properties that they own. Um, if you go to Kensington or Chelsea or Mayfair in London, I mean, it's like they call it London grad, and they probably likely have British visa, uh, British passports, even because they own property there. But what they don't have is a Schengen visa because the UK is no longer part of the EU. Revoke those Schengen visas. I mean, everywhere you can hit them, hit them, and they're going to get pissed. And they're going to be like, why did you do this? And I really do think, as the president said, it's not a deterrent, but they will fill the squeeze. And that's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think real estate seizure or forfeiture in the United States would be interesting, too. Although I was thinking to myself last night, if, if we seize the assets of Russian oligarchs in the United States, then the New York attorney general won't have any property to seize from the Trump organization. <laughs> it's true. I mean, you know, when you start untangling this and you do such, I have to say, you do such a great job of breaking this down. And I always learn so much from your podcast because you explain it in a way that I can understand it. And I, you know, there's a, a real reason. It's not just admiration the, for the reason why Trump supports Russia and, and um, Vladimir Putin in particular. It's, it, it goes much deeper than that. And there's daddy issues for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he also really wanted that kind of power and he didn't get it. I don't think he ever really understood it. And come on, all the big rooms and the gold. I mean, that's like just his jam. But, you know, Putin, I, I also think that we can't like downplay. I mean, you, you can see like the huge long tables and keeping people at distance when they come to visit. I mean, he is terrified of COVID, absolutely terrified of COVID. And that's been pretty well established. Um, so I think, you know, he's maybe just gotten a little or a lot, well, like a lot of us in his head over the time of the pandemic. And I think it's really kind of messed with him. And a lot of people have made the comment that he, he is not the man he used to be, but yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. I don't know. I was really down to anything like specific. I think it's, it's, really a consequence of sheltering yourself and only surrounding yourself with people who are not necessarily yes people because they're trying to please you. Yes, they are, but they're scared. I mean, and when we saw that in their show meeting the other day, was it Monday? Yes. Um, you know, when they, they were just terrified of him. And uh, I think that's genuine fear because he is definitely someone to be feared. They're that kind of absolute power that he has. And again, 
It's just something that is very difficult to translate for regular Americans. We just don't understand this kind of fear. I was, I was telling someone that, you know, in my, when they had the issue with Crimea, we lived in Russia and I worked at a school and the, the teachers that I worked with are Russian. They, they wouldn't even talk about it. They were afraid. I, I mean, you know, like the whole, the walls can talk, but Americans do not know this kind of fear. We do not know this kind of concern. I mean, again, look at Tucker Carlson. He can say whatever he wants on TV and we have freedom of speech and, you know, people can come up to you like that. And I'm, that's a good thing. They don't know this. Russians don't know this. So again, going back to the protests, it's incredibly brave to be out there to be protesting. They have phones. They can certainly use that data. They can be tracked. They can be traced if the Russians choose to do that. And yet they're still going out and they're still doing they're, you know, they're using a peaceful way to speak out against it. And I think that's just incredibly powerful and inspiring. Yeah, agreed. And and thank you so much for, for coming on and talking to us today. And and thoughts and send send my love to to Alex. I know he couldn't be here today. He's kind of busy. Yes. We can talk about his lawsuit another time. Yeah, we definitely want to talk about it. I mean, I think <laughs> and I, I and again, I just want to say keeping people updated and the work you do and, you know, really understanding why accountability is so important. And we will make it on to talk about that, but that's really what the lawsuit is for us. But, um, you know, accountability in so many different ways. And right now you can see the resolve of the United States and our Western partners and accountability for Vladimir Putin and his actions. And that's, what's been missing for so long in the world in general. And eventually those bills come due, and that's where we are right now. They do. And without American democracy, global democracy, it, it will falter, I, right. I believe. You're so absolutely thank right. you. Thank you so thank much. You. Take it's care. It's been really great to talk to you. And yep, uh, you as well. We'll see you again soon. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. All right, everybody. Welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news. We need the good news today. And because it's Friday, we're joined by Amy Carrero. Hi, Amy. Hello. Wow. We really need the good news today. Yeah, we do. Um, This week has been very harrowing and, you know, for the people of Ukraine and for democracy. So I am very, very thankful that we are to the good news portion of the show. And if anyone has any good news you want to send in or something you're creating with your website or your small business or your whoopee stories or what the mutt, whatever you want to send in, Halloween photos I take all year, you can do that by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. So uh, Amy, I'm going to go ahead and kick us off if that's cool. Let's do it. All right. All right. This is from Jessica, pronoun she and her. Hello, queens of the beans. I'm excited to share that I've gotten a promotion at work. I was super nervous going into my interview, but laughing along with you lovely ladies helped to calm my nerves and I knocked it out of the park. Thank you for all that you do and keeping us laughing in these interesting times. For Pod Pet Tax is a picture of my Bella with Santa and her meeting my nephew's cat Willow during the recent ice storm. And here are just a few of the pet names for Bella. Izzy Belly, Princess, Bella Boop, Boose, and Baby Bella. Boose. Boose sounds like dirty. I know, Boose. Boose. Look at this beautiful baby. Is that a King Charles? Oh, yeah. Oh. Sweetheart. Oh, that's so cute with Santa. Well, I And love Willow. Him. Willow is the name of the first cat. So a very good name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cute. Okay. We love that. We, we could use like a pet 
picture from the White House. I'm just saying maybe inappropriate today, but like this weekend, it would be nice to get a pet pot tax. Okay, next up, Danielle. No pronouns given. I wanted to give a shout out to AG for really getting me into all things justice, beginning from the kitchen days. Mm. I was always wanting to be fair, but I really started to understand when I found you. Now I'm teaching my 10-week-old how to bring justice into this world. We just received our signed copy of Preparara's new children's book, Justice Is, and it's beautiful. Highly recommend for children of all ages and adults for a keepsake. Here we are reading, and here is a pic of my favorite page as a sneak peek. Ooh. Oh, look. Oh, That's a beautiful oh, picture of Black that? Lives Matter Plaza. Oh, yeah, and it's, a, it's like drawn. Yeah, oh yeah. Wow, that's, that's a gorgeous. big book. That is beautiful. It is a big book. Oh, I can't wait to get it. Yeah, I need to get my copy. Preet is so great. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that, Danielle. And congrats on your little baby. I congrats. Little head, little baby head there. So cute. All right. Next up from Dory. Pronouns she and her. Just keep swimming, swimming, Mm -hmm. swimming. Been loving the beans lately. My schedule is accommodating more regular listening. And thank goodness you are there to unspool the clusterfuck of news and present it in a manner that keeps the panic at arm's length. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Listening to your story about buying a onesie for your cat reminded me of when we had to get our Mixie fixed when she was of age. She didn't tolerate the cone very well, and we were advised to get her a onesie. I've attached some photos of her back then, posing in her little PJs. Thank you again for all you do. Thanks for bringing us those fantastic and knowledgeable guests, and thank you for being you. Look at the onesie. Oh, my God. And the little rubber band holding it together. (laughs) Yeah, for the booty. Very cute. Now, your kitty is much much slimmer than mine, by the Very way. Very slim. Wow, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. What a cutie. This is like one of those like, Egypt royalty cats with the giant Yeah, ears. I was going to say, I, I know so little about cats. I'm like, that's the greyhound version of cats. Look like, how little. slim, yeah. Next to the, next to the person there in the arm. Oh, So cute. All right, well, next up, we've got Mary, pronouns she, her. My good news for today is that my husband is flying out to Eugene, Oregon next month to visit his sister. He hasn't seen his sister since August 2015. Wow. So he is looking forward to hanging out with her. I can't make the trip out to Oregon with him this time around, but I admit I am looking forward to having the house to myself for a few days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Catch up on those fucking true crime shows that are piling up on your dvd mary Fuck yes <laughs> yes <laughs> you want to take the next one too yeah all right next up from skater mom pronouns she her this is my daughter's rescue dog rusty first picture he will refuse treats if he thinks i'm leaving <laughs> <laughs> this great boy sat on the kitchen floor until i returned home and then snatched it up wow look patience the second picture he decided i didn't need to do push-ups Oh, my God. <laughs> Look at what a cutie. My dog does that, too. He gets on my yoga mat like, Mm-mm, not today. Mm-hmm. Nope, no yoga today. I'm doing yoga. Yep. So yeah. cute. Cuties. Thank you for that. And that's cool. Time alone for Mary and Skater Mom. Rescue dogs. Always great to see rescue dogs. And and they get they get so smart, right? If you're leaving, they, they, they yeah. refuse the treat. <laughs> And then so waits funny. for you to come back to eat it. If it's that's patience. That's like the M M&M. and you. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Ooh, so cute. All right, next up from Yvonne. No pronouns given. Love your show. Thanks for your sanity, laughter, and swearing during these dark and dangerous times. This is my first submission. 
My 94-year-old mother passed away in 2020. Mm. I just had to send a picture of her teddy bear, a classic 1920 Steiff bear from Germany. Wow. Uh, She received Teddy when she was about three years old. She was born in 1926. Mm. Well, this is is by far our oldest stuffy. Mm Mm-hmm. Teddy went everywhere with her, from the Midwest to L.A. to Columbia to Europe a couple of times, to New York City, home to Michigan, and finally to D.C. I took the second picture of mom in her wheelchair with her Teddy when she was 93. And of course, Teddy was with her when she passed after a full and wonderful life. Now, very real from his life of adventure and and love, Teddy is retired, (laughs) resting on my couch. I miss my mom every day. Thanks for all you do. (gasps) Whoa, look at that picture. Oh, wow. that's so great. It's a picture of it's a picture of, of two pictures. One where I'm assuming her mother is like th- three or she looks like she's like a toddler holding the teddy. And then her in the wheelchair when she's 93, mm. 90 Holy years teddy. later. Oh my gosh, how cool is that? Oh, my God. That's amazing. They still make these bears. My husband, who's kind of bougie, he's a tourist. Instead of like buying our friends who have like children, like practical gifts, like a, like a diaper genie or like, I don't know, just something that a new parent would actually want. He always insists on getting them these bears, the Steve or Steiff bears. And I, I always give him such a hard time about it. But then, you know, the, the parents are always like, they're so sturdy. They'll last forever. So maybe there's something to it. And here's clearly some evidence of yeah. that. Yeah. Holy moly. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Thanks to everyone for sending in your good news today. Seriously. Yes. Um, And and keep it going. We're going to keep needing it. Um, These are going to be pretty heavy news weeks coming at us. So send everything you can over to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And Amy, it was so good to see you today. Good to see you too. Yeah, I missed you this week. And I love your beanie. By the way, this is just a dirty hair day. You know, you know how it is. Your hair always looks great, though. So maybe you don't know how it is. Mm, I, I my hair is always dirty. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we've never seen it clean. It's like yeah. the Hulk. He's like, I'm just always angry. That's the secret. Mm, there you yeah, go. I love it. Cool. Well, thanks for keeping us updated. I was telling you off the off the air that I'm very excited for tomorrow's uh, beans because woo, it's just a minefield. There's so much stuff. And I think we we all expected for there to be misinformation, a lot of confusion going on around this. But even for someone who I mean, I consider myself pretty like media literate when it comes to stuff. But like, I don't know, there's just so much, you know, stuff out there. So I'm looking forward to your very expert take on things. Yeah. And and I'm not really an expert on Ukraine. And that's why I was right. so happy to talk to Rachel Vinman today. I knew Alex couldn't be here because he's very busy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and and rightfully so, he's he's one of the world's top experts. So I'm assuming that he is consulting on a regular basis, some someone somehow somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so, and today wasn't the right time to speak to him about his lawsuit, but we will have him back on at some point uh, when things. I don't know if things are going to calm down, but but we will have him on to talk about that at some point. But Rachel is so wonderful and lovely. And just brilliant in her own right. So mm-hmm. it was wonderful to speak to her today. So I, I look forward to everyone being able to hear that, which you just did if you're listening to this show now. So <laughs> I'm glad you got you're to in hear the fu- it. Hello from the future. I mean, from the past. Yes, awesome. podcast time travel is real. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Amy. And we will, I believe we'll see you next week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Awesome. So if you have any Amy's court cases, are you anything that you need Amy to decide? You can send that in to us, too. So we'll do that. And everybody, and have a great weekend. I'll be here Sunday with Muller She Wrote and the MSW Book Club. Until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. 
Take care of your mental health and take care of the planet and vote blue over Q. I've been Allison Gill. And I've been Amy Carrero. And them's the beans. Refried beans. I like refried beans. <laughs>